Canadians love healthcare. There's very few people that don't love our healthcare system for some reason. It's terrible. I figured out in my community when I was running in the by-election that a typical household in my community paid about $35,000 a year into the healthcare system through their taxes. <gasps> that is nuts. Yeah, wow. it is nuts. And, you know, we had to wait three months to see a doctor, family physician. You know, my wife and child both got injured separately at different times and they had to wait six to nine months for an MRI to get a proper diagnosis. It's terrible. Like I decided to go on a different diet and I wanted to get a blood test every week to see how my blood was reacting. I'm a paramedic and so I know what to look for in the blood panel and I wanted these specific tests and my doctor wouldn't prescribe them to me. And then I went to the lab and said, can I just buy these blood tests? Can I just see what's in my blood? No, that's illegal. That's crazy. That's what our healthcare system is like here. And uh, look, I'm a firefighter paramedic. And so, uh, you know, the days when I'm on an ambulance, probably two thirds of my shift are spent waiting in hospital hallways with the patient for them to be seen. So we rush to their side, breakneck speeds, take them to the hospital, and then we wait six hours to get them proper care. And, you know, they're bread lines, just like anything else. And the, mm-hmm. the product is stale. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, it's Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, the beautiful Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hey, guys. Hi, Johnny. Raylene, what's going on? I am just rocking life right now. You're rocking. You're rocking. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. My house is clean. You're like the only person I know is like, yeah, I was hanging out with the chickens this morning. It's like, Jesus, that's so weird. I know. Like, I've never, I've never met anyone who like has chickens. I don't know. I have never, you're like the only one I've ever met. Yeah. It's very libertarian of me though. It like, is. We're the outliers. We, we like to bring it down to the basics and uh, own ourselves and grow our own food and all that kind of awesome agorist stuff that we like to do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you like live in the dream for real. I love it. You are actually living the libertarian lifestyle. I try. Whereas I like complain about things. However, I still like comply. That's I- still a libertarian <laughs> lifestyle. I mean, let's be real right now. The state's pretty big, so we all have to comply, unfortunately. Okay. So Raylene, I have something funny. This is so stupid, right? But like I was online this morning, early in the morning. I'm just like messing around looking at it. And I thought these were kind of funny. And I'm like, maybe I could share them with you on the show. I thought these were pretty hilarious. All right. You ready for these? Okay. And it's called Funny Thoughts to Ponder. And these are like almost like dad jokes. You love dad jokes. I think they're hilarious. (laughs) I have no idea why they're so funny. But these are kind of funny. Like these are things you might want to consider or things to ponder, right? Do it. Okay. So why doesn't McDonald's sell hot dogs? Dairy Queen does. That's what I'm saying. But if you think about it, there would be a market for it, right? Maybe they're just like... We don't want to go into Dairy Queens or A&W Root Beers market. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Are eyebrows considered facial hair? Uh, They're on the face. Um, you know, I don't think that everybody considers it that, but yes, it's facial hair. Okay. At a movie theater, which armrest is yours? I don't know. You share. Okay. I know how to, I know how to know. What you do is you look at the whole row and figure out which chair doesn't have an armrest on it on the end. And then you know who needs to sit first on the left or the right. And then everybody subsequently takes the next chair and that armrest. I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's kind of hard to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, you have A batteries, right? Yeah. You got D batteries. You got C batteries. Yeah. How come there are no B batteries? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're recalled. And then I'll do one more here, and I thought this was pretty good. If a jogger runs at the speed of sound, can he still hear his iPod? <laughs> come on, I, these are I honestly bad. don't even know. These are horrible. They're but bad. let me just say that the answer is probably always the state because they get in the way of everything and, and they actually have so many consequences that they probably are the reason there's no hot dogs or McDonald's and the, probably the reason why everything's wrong. So yes. Okay. And one more, one more. Oh no. Oh, if God sneezes, what should you say? <laughs> I don't know. These are stupid. All right. All right. Are you ready to bring on our guest? Yeah. I'm really excited about this one because I've had him on the old Johnny rocket launch pad quite a long time ago, probably about two years ago. Oh, wow. And I figured it'd be a great opportunity to bring him back. He hasn't been on for a while. Uh, And you ready for him? Yes, very. All right. Tim Moen became the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada in May 2014, succeeding former leader Katrina Chown. He ran in the 2014 Fort McMurray by-election. His campaign received considerable attention from a variety of Canadian and U.S. news outlets such as CNN, Huffington Post, Reason.com, due to his social media memes explaining libertarianism. Tim Moen is a firefighter, paramedic, business owner, filmmaker, volunteer, and politician from Canada, and he is the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada. Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Pre-amps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Tim Mowen! I like to pack this in and take you to the stars. We'll eat in fancy restaurants, drive in fancy cars. Tim, welcome to the damn show. I have to watch my mouth. I can't handle the G-forces, Johnny. I don't I know. know what to do. We are off into <laughs> orbit, sir. We are off into orbit. So, Tim, man, how you been? How you been? Uh, I've been, you know, if I were any better, I'd be a retired Republican congressman, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there Still you hanging have. out in men's rooms, touching yeah, each other's Yeah, yeah, honey. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, pretty damn good. Yeah, great. All right. So, Tim, again, I we had talked to you maybe about two years ago, or I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had researched a lot of the, the political system in Canada, right? Right. But I still haven't, I haven't actually looked at it since then. And uh, I'm still confused as all hell. Is there a way you can kind of break down the Canadian political system and some of the similarities and some of the differences between the American system? Sure. Just give us like a recap to our audience. Well, okay. So the main difference that uh, you might be interested in is that we don't actually vote for our prime minister the way you vote for your president. Uh, We vote for our local member of parliament and whichever uh, party gets the most seats in the House of Parliament, the leader of that party becomes the prime minister, generally speaking. There's a caveat to that. The queen actually chooses who the prime minister is, but through her extension, the governor general here in Canada, uh, but the governor general almost always chooses the leader of the winning party. So it's a bit of a, (laughs) a convoluted way of doing things. And so here... As leader of the the Libertarian Party of Canada, I'm the guy that runs for prime minister. In the U.S., my understanding is you have your primary nomination battles and you you don't really select the guy you're going to run for president until 
that nomination battle is is completed and then you know but i'm the leader for three to four year term and i'm the guy that runs for for prime minister basically so wow crazy so you are elected within the libertarian party correct of canada yes so i guess that's right the obvious follow-up question would be then do you guys have like how the libertarian party the republicans the democrats we all have like you know the democratic party of washington state or illinois or whatever our states do you have that like in your in your different provinces well so so we uh, our federal and provincial politics are are separate and so uh, the provincial parties really have nothing to do with the federal parties and vice versa. But there are a few libertarian, provincial libertarian parties in Canada. BC has one. Ontario has one. There's one, I think, in Quebec. And there's a few others emerging. But uh, our party just runs in federal elections. We don't participate in provincial or municipal elections at all. Okay. Wow. So how do you guys do voting? How does it work? Do you have the same kind of like, is it democratic or we have the electoral system? And then do you think that ranked voting would be a good for US? Where are you at with all that? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of democracy to begin with. Yes, I love it. So, so in Canada, we have a first past the post system. And, and, you know, we have our, our ridings, our, our, I guess, electoral districts, you vote for the person you want to be your member of parliament in the federal election and whoever gets the most votes becomes the the member of parliament for that district but yeah I, you know Justin Trudeau promised a proportional representation system i think a ranked ballot system and we figured out that had he implemented that in the last election we'd probably have seven seats in parliament right now um, and, and so it would definitely bode well for us if there was a proportional representation system, our voice would be in parliament. But mm-hmm. right now the problem is that, you know, the government's so powerful that your vote doesn't seem to matter. And it, it would be nice if the government was so impotent that, uh, uh sure. our vote wouldn't yeah, matter absolutely. regardless. So <laughs> absolutely. But like my question also is like, so you plan on running and that would be in tw- 2019. That's right. Yeah. So next next year. Yeah. So like you're going to go at it again now. How's your experience been being the leader? I mean, was has it been pretty pretty good? I mean, has it been fun to do or has it been kind of a pain in the ass? Let's be real. Probably hard. It, it's been all of the above. I mean, it's, it's been fun, <laughs> but it's been a pain in the ass. It's been stressful. It's, you know, look, I cashed in my retirement savings to to take a, a year off and run for prime minister. I killed my career at the top of my game. As a firefighter, you know, I put my family through quite a bit and, you know, but I I think it was the right thing to do. I I think that this is an important message to get out. I think that uh, we have to stand for the truth. We have to make our lives mean something. And this was my way of doing that. And, uh, and so I have no regrets, but it definitely is stressful and, and it never ends. There's always, uh, you know, any decision you make as a leader, uh, is, is going to have its detractors and its supporters and libertarians are good at detracting, let me tell you. Sure, <laughs> if there's yeah. one thing a libertarian hates more than a liberal and a conservative, it's another libertarian. So, <laughs> that's that's uh, the joke, that's the joke, Tim. It's like, yeah. who do libertarians hate more than anything? Everyone's like, the state? No, other libertarians. That's how it is, man. That's, right. that's so that's true. Right. It's so true. What we have a big problem with is people having opinions on messaging and what to go after first, and there are um, the more radical 
members, which I, I, I know I am and, and Johnny is. And then we have more of some people who call themselves pragmatists. Is that what's going on over in Canada also? And what do you say to that? How do you try to unite the party? Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I communicate my ideas and, and my message and, and, and get feedback from, from other people. And listen, I battle myself all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I, I battle uh, what, what's the best messaging, what's the best way to go. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I have to, to be true to myself and, and, you know, speak the words that I want rather than words that other people want me to speak, because otherwise I, I just become a puppet and uh, I become less real and my words, I think, carry less weight. So, you know, it's, maybe it's a little bit easier or different here because I'm the leader all the time, right? In between election cycles. So I'm, I'm like, you know, if Gary Johnson was the, the spokesperson for your party between election cycles, he would be the one that that is communicating the message and whatnot. Maybe people would argue that that wouldn't be great. But whoever whoever imagined uh, someone you would like to be the spokesperson of your party and run for president, and they were speaking for, on behalf of your party in between elections, uh, that's kind of how we have it. So I think we have a bit of an easier time because ultimately I'm the guy that puts out the message. I'm I have to own the message and um, and speak the words. And so what I say, whether other people like it or not, essentially becomes what the party is about. And and that's a lot of responsibility, but it's also, it, it makes it, I think, easier because we don't have to, to fight about the words that the party is putting out. It's just whatever words I speak, essentially mm-hmm. de facto become uh, what the party stands for. So it's a, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility and it's something I, I don't take lightly, but you know, I've learned that I just have to be honest with my audience and, and try to be as authentic as I can and, and not try to manipulate or, or I guess, tell people what they want to hear or think yeah, too much about, about the audience. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. interesting. So basically you create the platform by what you believe is the platform for the party in essence. That's true. And, and, and even a, According to our constitution and bylaws, it's my job to come up with the party platform. Now, wow. I, I don't do it alone. I mean, I, you know, strike a committee and I get all sorts of feedback. But ultimately, you know, the words that I speak on that stage, even whether the committee approves them or not, they get picked up by the media and other people. And that becomes what our party is about and what our party is communicating. And so, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think, a little bit different here than it is uh, in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have like an actual platform. And if you like violate it, you'll be tarred and feathered by other libertarians. Sure. And that's interesting. But like, would you consider yourself more of a radical than a pragmatist? Well, I I don't think I think there's that's a false dichotomy. Personally, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I th- yeah, I think that, you know, look, I'm I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I, ah, I okay. don't I don't like the state at all. I I I, I can't find any justification for it. Right. I, I'm happy just to move things in the right direction. So I just want less government tomorrow than we have today. And even if we reach some endpoint called Ancapistan or whatever, it's still not going to be good enough for me. I'm not wired <laughs> that way. Sure. I'm still going to want more liberty. And so I'm always going to be pushing for more liberty, whatever state we find ourselves in. And, and that's how I'm wired. And so to me, I, I believe that that being firm and telling the truth and, and being radical is pragmatic. I do too. Yes. I don't think, I don't think being pragmatic is, is very pragmatic because look, I see this all the time. I see, 
And this is, I'm constantly inundated with this message, especially from conservatives who are libertarian leaning, right? Right. Our conservative party of Canada, we're supposed to vote for them because because it's pragmatic, because look, yes, we're going to support all these state status policies and, and compromise and do these things, but it's so that we don't have Justin Trudeau and the liberals who are going to ruin everything, right? And so we just have to, this one time, vote- uh out Trudeau and, and, and buy ourselves some time. And, but this is the message we get every single election cycle. Yes. And we had three terms of a conservative majority government here in Canada in the 2000s. And government grew to its biggest size ever in ca- Canadian yep. history and yep. most costly size. Like they, they didn't slow it. They, they slowed it down a little bit maybe, but it still grew. The trend line still went in that direction. So how pragmatic was that pragmatism? It wasn't. The- Right. Interesting. And, and yep. so, and so, to me, what what is missing from that stage, and this is the the role of the Libertarian Party, I believe, is to be that radical. It's it's mm-hmm. to speak the truth. It's to connect people to these ideas. To do it in a gentle way. To do it in a way that understands how they're perceiving the message, and to try to do it empathetically and understand that that you know audiences are different, and that it can be a shocking thing to say, but you know, but to still try to drive home that message. I think is important and that and ultimately you know government emerges from culture and and if and, and to win elections what you have to do is reflect and amplify culture uh-huh. and so it's almost antithetical running for office uh the traditional way is antithetical to you know because you have to tell people what they want to hear you have to support their policies and tell them that you, when you get into office, you're going to solve all their problems for them. Right. That, that's the only way you can get elected. And Go that Tim. just reinforces the culture that that uh, the state emerges from. Exactly. So how do we partake in incremental reduction of government without becoming what we hate? How do we roll things back and prepare the people for self-ownership? It's all about the message. It's all about mm-hmm. getting out there and communicating this message. And so, Perfect. you know, I look at this as our opportunity to preach the gospel, to save souls, right? For liberty. That's and, true, man. Um, and, and and that's the only thing that's going to work. And look, it it has an effect. So here in Canada, you know, while we only picked up maybe two or three percent of the vote in the last general election, uh, we wield quite a bit of influence. More and more politicians are trying to describe themselves as libertarian. Uh, Maxime Bernier, who's kind of like a watered down Rand Paul you know, within the Conservative Party, ran on a fairly libertarian platform for leadership of his party. So this would have been like almost like your primary nominations. Sure. Um, and, and he lost by 1% of the vote. And he that, that would not have been possible it, had it not been for the work that our party was doing and spreading the message of liberty. And now he's branched off on his own. He's starting his own party. And, you know, the conservative party up here is in, in turmoil and it's chaotic. And but But the point is, that there might be a conservative reformation emerge from this, where the conservative party is now forced to adopt more principled libertarian uh, platforms in order to succeed in the future, because they're going to get decimated in the next election because of, of all this turmoil. We caused that. The Libertarian Party of Canada caused that. I caused that. My compatriots caused it by standing on that stage and being radical and saying oh, yeah. in a clear voice the truth. And so guess what? Principle radicalism is pragmatic. It's working here. Very cool. I'm I'm grinning. Here's the thing, though. Like, is there anything that you believe as the leader of the party in Canada? Is there anything that you believe that maybe we don't believe or vice versa? Like based on our platform versus your personal platform? Uh, Well, look, I mean, 
every other libertarian has got it wrong except me, right? So That's correct. Um, <laughs> I think we're all on the same shit of music, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. You know, I, I'm not sure what... Um, I, I think, you know, in my experiences with, with going to conventions in, in the U.S. and running into libertarians there, that libertarians are pretty much the same everywhere. We just want less government. We want government out of our lives and that sort of thing. And so I think that generally speaking, uh, we're the same. Now, in Canada, I would say that a lot of our members are a little bit more wary of open borders. And, you know, while we want to get government out of it, our, our state is so entwined in our lives here that immigration does kind of represent a threat uh, because of the size of the state and how intertwined it is and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, that, but I think ultimately our goals are all the same. We want to get the government out of everything, including immigration. And, and uh, you know, when we roll back the state to its proper size and function, the problems that exist will become far less and we won't have to worry about, about them anymore. Do you think that you have an easier battle in creating a more libertarian society or free society in Canada than we have in the United States? I'm just from your observation. I, I don't think so. No, because just look at the histories of our, our nations. Uh, you know, America was founded when a bunch of libertarians killed or shot the government. Right. And uh, the U uh, Canada was founded um, when, uh, when the crown basically exerted its authority and said, here lies Canada now and the queen owns this. Right. And, and so we, we are much more, we're much more sympathetic towards authority, towards government in Canada than I, I find a U.S. to be. We love our healthcare system, our, our socialist healthcare system. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we just, we don't, see government as a as a you know, big a threat as i think u.s citizens do so it's, i think it's a harder sell up here if anything i'm with you yeah we talk a lot here on blast off about how we can change culture through mediums that aren't necessarily political and you were talking about changing culture you were speaking johnny's in my language i was wondering where you think we could win hearts and minds that isn't a typical political arena or forum that that's a Good question. I mean, I, look, I, I don't know all the places we can win hearts and minds. I think that that ultimately what happens is you have to clean your room first, go to the mm -hmm. gym, look in the mirror, notice that you got a bunch of crap hanging out of your teeth, clean yourself up, <laughs> be, be, nice. you know, become, become, uh, become a solid character. Right and yes. and in, in, become that which you you know right. believe in. I guess I'm with be you. the change you want to see, and then you look at uh, at the order that comes from that and the opportunities that emerge. And and for myself, I, I'll say you know it was a house fire that I was fighting several years ago. I, I was trapped. It was a hoarder's house. You've seen the show Hoarders yeah. on A and E. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a house like that, and I was trapped in the basement. And I thought I I, I knew for a fact I was going to die. And I, you know, all the regrets and uh, about being the father I, I should be and being and, and playing small in life and just, you know, not following my principles and my values. I had all this regret flood over me and obviously I made it out of that fire, but that was a turning point in my life. And, wow. um, and, and from that moment on, I, I just decided to get my act together and become a, a better version of myself and opportunities started presenting themselves to me. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with Neil Young and Daryl Hannah. You know, I, I wrote an article and that springboarded me into politics and then eventually leader of the Libertarian Party. I had no 
ambition to do this. And so what I did was I just looked for the opportunities within my sphere of influence to communicate these big ideas. And it led from one thing to the next. And so I think people need to do that. They need to clean their room, get their life in order, sort themselves out and look at the opportunities that present themselves to, to be an influence. And, and uh, you know, you start with your family and friends and, and kind of work out from there. Very cool. Anyways, though, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket. We're talking to Tim Moen, the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada. And I'm here with my ray of truth, the beautiful Miss Raylene Lightheart. Oh, by the way, What's if up? you guys like the show, yeah. make sure to go to supportblastoff.com and subscribe. And if you give us a dollar an episode, you can hear the after party with Tim Moen. And it's only two bucks a show if you want to get the all-nighter. Nice, nice. And you can also check out our mothership, thelaunchpadmedia.com. You can check it out at, again, thelaunchpadmedia.com. Anyways, this is Johnny Rocket. We got more from Tim Moen, and we have Rocket Fire coming up. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. It's blessed off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray Truth, the beautiful Rayleigh Lightheart. Thank you, thank you. What a great show so far, Johnny, right? Yeah, badass. Badass. Tim is always cool to have, and he's hilarious. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm telling you yeah. what, he is He smart. is badass. He's a smart guy, too. And, uh, yeah, again, we're talking to Tim Mullen. He's the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada. Uh, we are talking to a real politician here, and not in a, a bad way, either. Like when I said that, I don't mean that like that would have been an insult any other time. But this is we should say the real deal, the real McCoy. You know what I'm saying? Like the real cool. And he's a really cool guy. And he's really down to earth. Guys, check out Tim Moen and get familiar with the uh, Libertarian Party of Canada. I know that we can't do anything. If you are listening in Canada, please check out Tim. If you like the show in Canada, please check out Tim. So anyway, so Tim, what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, sirs, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related or philosophically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, I'll be badass. Tim, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Oh, my God, Johnny. Okay, Johnny. <laughs> go easy on me here. Okay. Here we go. Question one. Why is Kraft macaroni and cheese so popular in Canada? Is it really a thing? Uh, Asking oh, for a friend. Uh, Asking for a friend. Well, I don't know. I, I love Katie. I mean, it, it is awesome. <laughs> I I don't know you you when we're low on maple sugar, <laughs> maple syrup, it's it's non-perishable. That's why. I mean, look, yeah. we have long winters here and we have short growing seasons, so we have to eat KD. If it's not KD, we got to eat spam, and and that's a Hawaii thing. So I, yeah, I like I mean, spam. Yeah, right. Oh man, question two: What is the least Canadian thing about you? The least Canadian thing about me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my dad. My dad was a California surf dude. Really? And uh, so half my DNA, I guess, is California surfer. Really? That's but, cool. Yeah. Do you do things that like go against the Canadian protocol there? 
like maybe being a libertarian. That's that's what I would think. Uh, definitely. <laughs> My libertarian free spirit, uh, you know, there's not too many Canadians that, uh, have, yeah, I've, I've got a hankering for action sports. I've, I've climbed Kilimanjaro. I used to own a hang glider uh, and go rock climbing and ice climbing. So, yeah, I, I guess it's in my blood. Right on, man. Right on. Question three. What are some things Americans should never say to a Canadian? Kind of like the ones I'm asking you now. Ah, man. <laughs> Do you guys all uh, drive dog sleds? Do you all live in igloos? <laughs> Um, do you know, do you know uh, John from Toronto? Uh, do you know Mike from Vancouver? <laughs> no, how about no do to boot it, bud? Eh? Yeah, those are things you should probably stay away from, okay. unless you want to get jerseyed and fat a few uppercuts. <laughs> it's a hockey term. Funny, dude. That's great. All right, question four. What are your beliefs on citizenship and immigration? I think that everything ought to be privatized, privatize every square inch of land, let cities be privatized and communities be privatized and uh, whatever rules the owners of those communities set up um, for citizenship ought to be respected. That's that's about it. But uh, generally speaking, the government ought to stay out of things like citizenship and immigration and it ought to be left up to the market and individuals. Bam. Great answer, dude. Question five. Do you agree with this statement? Principles over party and party over politics. Oh, my goodness. Principle over party and party over politics. Yeah, I think uh, I would agree with that statement uh, for sure. Uh, anything else on that? Uh, no, Johnny. Nothing else on that. Absolutely nothing. I have zero other thoughts. That was a terrible question. Six. Six. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to... We're going to ground control, ground control. Come in, ground control. Ground control here. Well, Johnny during rocket fire figures. I'm hungover at the moment. So Murphy's law says I'd have to do extra work today. It's fine, I guess. It's really just a matter of following protocol. But, you know, well, anyways. Question six. Canada is known for clean streets. Would libertarian Canada even have streets? And if so, would they still be clean? Screw roads. I hate roads. I mean, this is why I'm a libertarian. I would end the roads. The roads would be gone. Uh, for sure. <laughs> would they be clean, though, even if you, let's say you had a couple residual roads left over? No, they wouldn't be clean. They, it would be a dirty trash heap. It would look like Somalia. No, of course, of course, we would have roads and we would have, it would be cleaner. It would be, uh, our roads would be paved with gold and we'd be hovering over top of them with uh, new technology. Uh, it, it would look like heaven. It would be paradise. Nice. Nice. Question seven. Which American libertarian do you believe is the most like you in style and beliefs? Which American libertarian is most likely in style and beliefs? Johnny, I, I can't take the G's here. It's getting pretty. Uh, let's see. I, you know what? I, I really admire and like Larry Sharp. I don't know if I, I would compare myself directly to him, but um, you know, I think I have a lot to learn from a guy like Larry Sharp. He's a pretty good communicator, pretty energetic guy, very well, very organized and charismatic. And and uh, you know, I think there's a lot to admire in that fella. Question eight. 
Is the media responsible for Trump getting elected? And what are your thoughts on his presidency? Uh, yeah, I think the media is responsible largely for Trump getting elected. I think people are getting tired of being manipulated or lied to. Um, and I think also, um, you know, social media is largely responsible for Trump getting elected too. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, winning the election is a sign that people are sick and tired of the establishment and they, they want to throw a wrench into the spanner of the establishment or spanner to the, to the machinery of the establishment. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think the media definitely helped Trump get elected by being so terrible. What do you think of his presidency thus far? Um, you know, I, I don't really pay that much attention to it. I, I like one thing in Canada is is that we're not a big fan of the tariffs uh, that right. he's put on it. But then again, you know, I look at our own government and they're being protectionists. And, and so can't necessarily blame him uh, for being protectionist as well. But uh, yeah, I think I think he looks at government as uh, a business to run. Right. right. And uh, we, I kind of look at it as uh, a monster to restrain. And so uh, I think, you know, he, he has no problem using the government and using state power to impose an agenda if necessary. Uh, but, you know, some good things are he seems to be slashing some regulation, cutting back taxes and that sort of thing. So, so I, you know, I kind of have mixed feelings about Trump. Uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, I guess. Right on, man. Great answer. Question nine. How has legalizing cannabis in Canada worked so far and what could be improved on the laws as which they stand right now. Yeah, well, our we're on the eve of legalization here in Canada. It, we it's going to be legal in October, okay, uh, for recreational use, and it's it's a terrible system. I mean, uh, if you have more more than thirty grams, you can face, I think, up to fourteen years in jail. Wow! That like, and they're they're going around breaking the kneecaps on all the the uh, dispensaries that have been operating in kind of uh, limbo for the last few years. They've been kind of allowed to operate because legalization's been on the horizon and uh, they haven't enforced the laws. And so we have all these mom and pop dispensaries and growers that um, are are not going to be able to get licenses. Um, And so first of all, the federal government issues a license to grow. And so uh, they'll issue probably 30 or 40 licenses. And those are the the companies that are going to be the producers that are going to have a license to print money. And then it's up to the provinces as to how the cannabis actually gets uh, dispensed. So in Ontario, for example, there was talk that the the government owns the liquor stores in Ontario. That's right. And there's talk there's talk that uh, the, these government-owned liquor stores would be the ones selling cannabis. In Alberta, we're a bit more free market. And so I think that that we'll see more of a free market in terms of dispensary. But at the end of the day, they're all getting their product from the, the few producers. And so it was almost better before legalization, to be honest with you, because it looks like there's going to be a raft of people who are going to have their lives destroyed because of, of this, uh, this new legal regime that's being imposed. Interesting. Interesting. Question 10. Canada has compulsory education. Can parents homeschool there? And what are their rights? Yes, you can homeschool. Uh, You know, education is a provincial uh, matter. And I can only speak to Alberta where I live. Right. In Alberta, you can homeschool, but you do have to report your child's curriculum and their progress to the state. And so... Uh, they're still, they still get their hooks in you uh, one way or another. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the thing that, that makes 
public education compelling to most parents, I think, is the high tax rate. You know, we're, we're taxed at about uh, 42% in Canada wow. when you add up all the taxes. And so both parents, if you want a decent lifestyle, have to go out and, and become tax livestock. And what do you do with your kid while you're out working, while you got to send them to public school? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember one public school in my, my community was talking about shortening um, the day or, or getting rid of Fridays and extending school hours on the other days. And parents rose up in arm, not because of some something to do with their child's education, but because what were they going to do? for childcare on Friday while they were at work. Right. And, and so that's the, the system we have. So it's like, it, uh, yeah, it really doesn't. It continually perpetuates the system itself. Yeah, exactly. And the bonus question, does the 80, 20 rule apply to maple syrup? Tim. Absolutely. The uh, 20% of the maple trees produce 80% of the syrup. And, uh, uh-huh. and also 20% of that syrup is, is the, and the other 80% is kind of lame. It's lame. Lame syrup. <laughs> lame syrup. Screw that syrup. It was the Let's Rock and Fire. Give it up for Tim Bowen. That was awesome. Good job. Good job. Anyways, uh, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket. I'm here at my Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. And we're talking to Tim Moen, leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Rock and roll. But I want you back no matter what it takes How long will you make me wait For I need to know my fate Or will you come home Or will you just leave Wearing my heart on my sleeve Why have you closed that door I'm not begging to shake up your podcast feed folks by subscribing to lions of liberty the only libertarian variety show out there spend mondays with me mark claire as i feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions electric liberty land with me brian mcwilliams every wednesday your weekly dose of comedy culture and liberty and felony fridays with me john odermatt where i expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Why do people hate libertarians? One part of America calls them soulless robber barons who want to stick children back in factories. And the other part thinks they're drugged up anarchists. Who are they? And why have regular Americans been told to avoid libertarians and their ideas? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, Amazon best-selling author of Stay Away from the Libertarians, where I'm going to debunk the myths, misconceptions, and outright lies thrown at libertarians, ranging from the idea that votes can be stolen to the radical notion that you own yourself. From personal stories to history, I lay out the facts and ask you if these dastardly libertarians are as much of a threat as the mainstream media and establishment politicians make them seem. You can go ahead and get a copy in print and in Kindle e-reader on Amazon today. Stay away from the libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Available on Amazon. Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Man, gotta love the boss. He calls me in, and I come running regardless of how I feel. But when I need him, he's nowhere to be found. 
Probably in the back writing more jokes about Canadians. I mean, it's funny and all, don't get me wrong. But it's just so easy. Besides, we Americans are pretty of ourselves. Who are we to even talk? Ah. Well, let's just get back to the show already. I'm ready for the day to be over, eh? Blast off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, the beautiful Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hey, Johnny. All right. All right. We got Tim Moen clapping. We have Tim Moen here in the house from Canada, Ooh. all the way from his igloo in Canada. Yes. Took my oh, dog sled right. to the nearest internet cafe. <laughs> well, you listen to Green Anne of Green Gables on <laughs> audio tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a question for you, though. So is A, is that like just a, a nice way of saying pardon? That's what I heard. A? A. I, I don't know. It means right? It, well, does it mean cool, like rock and roll? Well, it, uh, no, it's just like eh. When you guys say eh, do you guys say eh? I uh, think no, you say I do eh. I? Oh. Eh, like that? Eh, yeah. I don't know. Oh. I, I don't think I've ever said eh. It's like, uh, it's, it's like saying like before something. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's kind of like that, or it's kind of like, do you, do you acknowledge and get what I'm saying? Ah, uh, got it. It's it, yeah, right, like, sh- right, right. It would be like us saying yeah. right, like right. Yeah, you, you, you smell when I'm stepping in. You're tracking what I'm putting right. down. Exactly. You, eh? you pick it up when I'm putting down. Right. Yeah. This is good. Now everyone yeah. knows. Okay, I'm getting. It's just a. It's a word of a. It's like, are you are you receiving my transmission, yo? Oh, and yo. we got it from this guy, <laughs> the Fawns, who came to Canada, who's our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, you know I like I like the fonts. You know what? Don't bash the fonts, man. Harry Winkler, Henry Winkler, he's he's badass. Okay, I'm not allowed to talk about the show, the movie Grease, or the play Grease, because even though um, Johnny and I both like rockabilly, but if I bring up Grease ever, he goes, "No, that's for dorks. Don't shut up." Like like he's like, yeah, he's a. That's what he says. No, because that's like that's that is that's a musical. Musicals do not belong. In like okay, rockabilly fawns, culture, the Fonz does. Cool. Yeah, cool. stop it. I'm sorry. I, I give I I give the Fonz some street cred. I do. Absolutely. Yeah, he's pretty he, cool. He jumped the shark, didn't he? He did. He did. He did. <laughs> he did man, jump the shark. He invented jumping the shark. <laughs> he did. No, I mean, come on now. Like that that show was great, and but yet I do. Uh, you know, I, there's just some things about Canada that I'd never understood. Like, I went to a bar, and I don't know if you, Tim, I don't know if you know about this, but, like, in certain bars, I guess you have to eat if you drink. Is that true? Or did they just rip me off? Uh, no, that's true. There are certain bars that uh, it's part of having your liquor license, for sure. Really? Because they're like, you have yeah. to buy food to drink here. I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, you need uh, you need to buy fries or something. And I'm like, are you guys trying yeah. to, like, upsell me here? Cause, well, uh, wait a sec. I, I, hold on. I've never heard that you, like, I've heard that restaurants or that, that lounges or bars, have, some of them, depending yes. on the license they have, have to serve food, but not yeah, that you have to it. order food. Yeah, I've the, never heard that. Yeah, I don't think they, I've heard that before. Yeah, this was in Vancouver. Okay. So, like, I went maybe in there. Maybe it's just a store policy. Maybe it hmm. was. Maybe it's just their thing, but... All I Johnny, know. have you ever have you ever been to a strip club in Alberta? No. Uh, let me tell you about the strip clubs in Alberta. We have our money, our dollar coins is called a loony, right? It's a coin. It's a one dollar coin, right? Um, and what happens is when you you sit in what's called perv row, it's where all the perverts sit, right? And <laughs> you you throw these toonies at the strip. They, they will put a card, a poster, and 
put it on their private parts, and then you throw these coins at them and try to knock the cards off or try to get it in the the, the their poster that they've rolled up like a funnel or something like that. And you're trying uh, to get the coin in the slot. You're trying to get it in the slot, exactly. <laughs> and that 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 is what happens at strip clubs. And as far as I know, we, we are the only province or the only place in the world that does this sort of thing. And then the, the stripper afterwards walks around with this <laughs> industrial strength magnet on a chain. And she tries to be all classy and, and walks <laughs> around in her high heels as she's picking up all the coins on the stage that people have thrown at her from perv rope. So wow. do they call it the, do they call it the loony bin? Like when she puts <laughs> like a, no, that's funny. That's good. That would be good. That's good. I like it. Speaking now, so of a loony strippers. is one and a toonie is $2, right? That's correct. Oh, okay. no way. Yep. I'm writing that down just so I have, I, these are my show notes. I'm just writing this down. I went to Vancouver for a day and I remember like I bought cigarettes there and they had pictures of like lungs and shit on their cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And uh, what else did they have? I couldn't bring, like, a certain amount of cigarettes back because they're cheaper. No, actually, they're more expensive. I'd still smoke. Yeah, I do, too. But, like, by the way, I was the most popular guy in that bar I was telling you about, Tim, because I had camel wides. And they're like, I've never seen a cigarette like that. Oh, the big fatties. Yeah. They were like, I've never seen this whole How much do you want for a cigarette? I'm like, "Uh, a toonie? And then they'd say, $2. You know capitalism. Yeah, I'm a capitalist. (laughs) Yeah, I was like importing the toonies. Yeah. All I'll right. Take, all right, go ahead, Raylene. Sorry. Okay. No, no, I love it. So oh, I just want to get it fresh while we're talking about strippers and the loony bin that they carry <laughs> around with them. Um, okay. So I was actually researching sex work in Canada because I knew I was going to be talking to you. And I wanted to ask you questions because United States Libertarian Party um, just passed a sex work plank very specific about uh, no victim, no crime, and decriminalization over legalization. But did was I right when I, I'm reading this and it says that the legislation making sex work illegal didn't happen until 2014 in Canada? Is that right? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, it, it's, it, there, it's always, there's always been prostitution here. Um, okay. what, is, what is illegal is soliciting uh, sex and and so you know they they go out, advertise themselves as escorts right mm-hmm. um, and then the other thing that is illegal is you you can't uh, you can't run a brothel and so so these girls are out on the streets or in you know on yeah. their own you, you can't have an agent aka a pimp okay okay an agent okay pimping ain't easy and it said that. In 2014, it became illegal. And I was like, okay, so what's so strange to me is that we're kind of homogenizing, don't you think? And what's going on with um, making it illegal when we should be talking about, you know, legalizing sex work? And what's going on in Canada? Are you are you thinking about working on that as a Libertarian Party? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're all for, I don't even know the rules around sex work, to be honest with you. I just say legalize it or decriminalize it. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know, what's the difference between decriminalize and legalize? How do you get access to a market? Um, does that have to be legal? Like, Right, that's that's the thing. So when you legalize it, you're you're getting the government involved. When you decriminalize it, you just can't throw people in jail for doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. So so let me ask you this though, because usually when they say decriminalize drugs, uh, what they're saying is stop throwing people in jail for possession. Right. 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 Uh, but but they it seems to me that you, it, you you're not allowed to sell 
you're drugs, still you yeah know, exactly you're still going to get thrown in jail so how, what do we call that like what do we call it so do we have to say decriminalize and legalize buying and selling or yeah yeah decriminalize what, uh, buying and selling and possession i i want everyone to be able to sell everything like a like a tomato everything should be able to be sold as if it was from your garage sale outside yeah, any, of anything you can garage. do for free you should be able to do for money right mm-hmm. exactly exactly but here's the thing even garage sales get taxed the state is involved in that now too i mean it ruins everything oh yeah there's certain states where they you have to get a permit to do a garage sale and you have to pay a certain fee to even do it. Is that like that in in Canada? I've never heard of that in Canada, no. Here in the United States, yeah. Certain I think it's certain states. We we we, out, we outlawed lawn darts. We we you can't buy a Honda Big Red. There's some cities you can't toboggan in, which is a real bummer. Oh. Really? But yeah. I mean, there's there's various things. Lawn darts, silly, silly lawn darts. Yeah, we can't throw lawn darts. Around. You guys ever have lawn darts down there? They yeah. made them illegal here back yeah. in the '80s. And fireworks yeah. in certain states. It's weird, man. Yeah. It's crazy, but people still do it. Just because there's a law doesn't mean it's people are going to stop. Murders are illegal. People still do it. Well, voluntary interactions are what we're all we're we're all on the same page. You got to say what well, voluntary. You know exactly. Voluntary actions is what we're all about. Right. Right. Well, (laughs) is it a viable option to work to endorse and protect voluntary communities existing, kind of like the Amish, without any state oversight and involvement? Is that something that you think you could do in Canada? Um, I'm not sure how many communities there are like that. You know, the the the, we have Hutterites and Mennonites here, but they tend to be not. Uh, active on social media and they tend to be not active politically. And so, uh, you know, I'm not sure. um, I'm not sure how to make that an issue. I've always thought that it would be good to push for economic free zones, uh, you know, basically push for, you know, maybe a city like Toronto or Vancouver, or maybe uh, a space out in the middle of uh, unknown territory um, where, you know, you, you advocate for, for a corporation or, or private individuals to come in there and do whatever the hell they want um, and build the kind of community they want um, mm-hmm. and, and have free trade with uh, with the world and that sort of thing. Well, here's the thing, Tim. A DUI, now, now, we've talked about this and this is kind of a question that is, it's kind of a moral question because some people I could see their understanding and why, but like with, with DUIs, it's a felony in Canada. So like if we had a fel- if we had a DUI here in the United States, which isn't necessarily a felony, it could be a gross misdemeanor, especially if no one was hurt. You still have to go through all these classes. You can get by the state. But in regards to Canada, it's a felony, right? And we and if you're an American, you cannot go into Canada. If you and like it has to like have a time lapse of like 20 years or something like that. Uh. But like, what are your thoughts on that driving under the influence? And if somebody didn't hurt anyone. And there's no victim. Is there a crime? Yeah, there, there's no crime, um, uh, you know, unless someone is hurt. Um, I, I guess you could argue that there's a crime if someone was threatened on the road. I don't know. But right. uh, I mean, th- this is like, you know, I know a lot of libertarians argue for no road rules that uh, the, the roads ought to be a free for all. I, I think the better argument is that roads ought to be privatized and the I best agree. set of rules ought to win out. Mm-hmm. We ought to have a market of the, uh, of rules. And I don't know what what rules the, would win out in the marketplace, whether, uh, you know, I suspect that, you know, driving under the influence would probably be 
have some consequences in terms of the road owners. It all depends on what their customers kind of want. Do they want people under the influence on the roads or not? But justice would be far more efficient and there'd probably be more ways, you know, to skin that cat. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what the answer is to what rules should be on the road because I think that ought to be up to a marketplace and private owners to, to decide. And right, right now we have road chaos. We have, you know, 40,000 people a year dying on the roads and, and they're run by the state. Right. And yep. so I think we got to get rid of the, the, uh, the government owning the roads and, and, um, and save some lives. Right on. Right on. Really? Yeah. So you were talking earlier about the healthcare system and there's a lot of confusion for, for people who haven't researched it very specifically. Now, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that Canadians love their healthcare. Do you, does anyone not love it? And what do you think about the idea of death panels and how does this work when there are not enough people pulling the wagon and everybody's on it? How does that work? Uh, well, I mean, Canadians love healthcare. There's very few people that don't love our healthcare system for some reason. It's, it's terrible. I mean, uh, you know, terrible. I, I've figured out in my community when I was running in the by-election that a typical household in my community paid about $35,000 a year into the healthcare system through their taxes. <gasps> wow. And that is nuts. For that, yeah, wow. it is nuts. And, you know, we, we had to wait, we had to wait three months to see a doctor, uh, our family physician, um, you know, my wife and, and child both got injured separately at different times and they had to wait six to nine months for an MRI to get a proper diagnosis. Oh, uh, it, you know, it, it's terrible. Like I went there, I was decided to go on a, on a different diet and I wanted to get a blood test every week to see how my blood was reacting. I'm a paramedic. And so I, I know what to look for in the blood panel. And I wanted these specific tests and my doctor wouldn't prescribe them to me. And then I went to the lab and said, can I just buy these blood tests? Can I just see what's in my blood? No, that's illegal. Yeah, we can't tell you tests. And so, uh, so that's it. That's what our healthcare system is is like here. And uh, look, I'm a firefighter paramedic, and so, so uh, you know, the days when I'm on an ambulance, over you know, probably two thirds of my shift are spent waiting in hospital hallways with the patient for them to be seen. So we rush to their side, you know, breakneck speeds, take them to the hospital, and then we wait six hours to get them uh, proper care. And you know, they're bread lines, uh, just like anything else. And the, mm-hmm. the product is stale. And so, yeah, it's, it, it is a terrible system. And, and now we have, uh, we've approved assisted suicide. So we, you can get a medically assisted suicide wow. now in Canada, which is fine. I mean, that's a freedom I think yes. you should have. But what, we have a slippery slope here in that the state now uh, is in charge of this. And so, uh, you know, and, and what's I the waiting see, list on that, sir, what's the waiting well, list on that one? Two days. Yeah. They, they, that's, that's, that one's pretty quick. That one can happen pretty quick. I mean, it was offered up to my mom, uh, when she was on her, in her final days, uh, last year. And yeah, I mean, so, so here's, here's the slippery slope. When I respond to a patient, uh, I'm often presented with what's called goals of care, which are supposed to tell me as a healthcare provider, at what level this patient has determined they want care. Do they want a full resuscitation, for example, or do they want very minimal care and just comfort measures because they're towards the end of their life and they don't want to have broken ribs and all these other things. And so, but what I've found is that that these are basically, you know, they're supposed to be done in conjunction with the patient. But when I talk to patients about these goals of care, they have no idea about them. So they're just, they're not getting informed consent 
here about the the goals of care and so and this is part of the slippery slope so right. what's going to happen now when it comes to um assisted suicide um what's going to happen uh you know in the future when when uh organ donation is opt out instead of opt in uh in in saskatchewan they're they're talking about opt opt out organ donation so in other words the default position is that your organs are up for grabs if you get in a car wreck um, and, and so, you know, there, there's just all these slippery slopes sure. that would fuel any conspiracy theorist. And it's hard to argue against how this is going to go. And it's not that there's a conspiracy out to kill you and get your organs, but one could see how well-intentioned people all along the lines, just trying to deal with the bureaucracy, uh, how, how things might go are astray here. Wow. Right on, Tim. Anyway, so Raylene, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seat belts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Tim Owen, give us your dot com, brother. Libertarian.ca. At Moen underscore Tim on Twitter. And just type in my name and look me up on Facebook be happy to friend you. Uh, uh, nice, man. Anyway, so Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. Let's give it up for Tim Moen. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Ray Lynn. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. we're not done with you yet, brother, because uh, we're going to do some after-partying with you here at the Launchpad Media. So if you guys like what you're hearing with Tim Moen, please subscribe to our after-party and support BlastOff.com. Anyways, so Ray Lynn, thank you so much. And Tim and again, if you like the show, please subscribe to our after party. Anyways, Johnny Rocket signing off. It's going to be so fun at the after party. I can't yeah. wait. Is, I'm yeah. going to drop some huge news on you. You got to buy an after party ticket. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. You rock. Anyways, though, Johnny Rocket signing off. See you next week. Rock and roll. Whoa.